Ayo. Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And you are listening to Around, Around the, the Way, Way Curls. We are two Philly bred best friends who strive to produce content that is authentic, unapologetic, and exalting of the magic we see in ourselves and in you. Join us as we oscillate between love and light and money and dicks because, because duality, duality is a thing. Yizzo! Yizzo! Oh. You really sang that one <laughs> and gave me some shoulder with it, child. If you're not on Patreon right now, then you can't see Shanti giving me a little shoulder in her grandma sweater. What it's is this? Let me see. Actually. It's a t-shirt. It's a house shirt. I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with all of y'all. Okay. I know that's right. So queen. get comfortable. Uh, we do have a guest on, but he's being real mighty quiet right now, but he's cheesing over there. Um, I'm... I'm enjoying the company of these lovely ladies. I just love listening to y'all interact. Listen, until we start fighting, then it gets uncomfortable. That, it's, it's, that's, um, that might be enjoyable too. It might be. <laughs> Who am I? I'm hearing myself really in somebody's around. audio though. Yeah, I heard it too. I just turned mine down. Okay. So let me talk. That, 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 that. All right, we good. I think it was shiny. Um, who is on the podcast today? We have promised this episode. I'm very hype boots about this episode. Shanti introduced me to this wonderful man who is man. all about politics as usual. He is Philly, a Philly man. He is born and bred. Born and bred. He is currently rocking a pineapple that his wife taught him <laughs> how to do with his locks. And he's going to introduce himself. You heard him before on a previous episode, but please, Salah, tell the people who you are, tell them where they can listen to you, what you're about, tell them all the things. Thank you, um, Antoinette and Shanti, um, for that wonderful introduction. Uh, my name is Salah Muhammad. I am the host of Salah's Corner Podcast. Um, let's see, where. what else do I have going on? I just got my 501c3 black for my nonprofit. Or yes. That's uh, a organization dedicated to teaching youth and disenfranchised communities about their political power. And um, I also just started a new job. I, I'm the member engagement coordinator for Color of Change, uh, repping the Northeast and being a member of contact, reaching out to community members, particularly Black people, wrapping their arms around them, getting them involved in politics and, you know, kind of creating moments of black joy uh, while creating relationships. And so those are some of the hats I'm wearing this week. That is uh, just, just a little something. Thank you. Just a little Thank something, you. something. Just about to have my own <laughs> nonprofit and I started a new job and I have a podcast and I have a wife and kids and blah, 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 blah. I'm just out here riding around and getting it. Right. I, I am riding around and getting it. Y'all, y'all the first to know about that. Um, about the uh, nonprofit. Status. Oh come on! So we love yeah. exclusive drops now. You heard it here first. Heard it Pew here first, <laughs> honey. Um, all right, Salas. So, so what we do here is we give some updates. So you'll be last with your updates, even though you just gave us a bunch of them. You gotta come up with some new ones. Um, 
My update, no I'm question. not like Salah. I'm still job searching and I'm starting to get all the anxiety about it. But I'm just listening to my Calm app and trying to... I just had anxiety. I thought my mic was off. Um, trying to just submit, see what happens. I had I had one, a job offer, um, but they tried it with the money that they were offering. And old Antoinette would have taken it and been like, I'll figure it out later. And new Antoinette is like, no, you're going to pay me what the fuck I'm worth. So I was like, yeah, that's a dub. I'm not doing it. But good luck on your search. Um, but I also had a couple of very, uh, really great interviews with folks. And it's just good to know that I still know how to interview and not be this person when I'm on Zoom and like <laughs> step into my like professional internet, um, and code switch. The code switch is elite over here. So it's good to know that I still have that skill. Uh, so I'm hopeful, but I'm also a little nervous, but I'm also like, it's okay. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Or it won't be. So we'll find out. Stay tuned to Around the Way Curls. Um, I also, I don't have that much going on myself in all honesty. Not anything that I'm willing to share with the good folks of Around the Way Curls. That is shady <laughs> and unnecessary I'm commentary. so sorry. Nobody like I just know that you're keeping information from I got to keep, inf- <laughs> I got to keep some stuff. I'm learning that, you know, vulnerability is my superpower. But honey, sometimes it ain't none of y'all business. And so I'm just like, you know what? Let me just keep some things close you to the chest. You look tan. You look rested. You look happy. You look Your good. skin is glowing. Thank skin you. is glowing, girl. Glowing. Whatever you're doing, girl, do <laughs> keep doing it. Wow. Another thing, I think it's also super important. Were these people, my updates? For or? you just to name at least three things that you do very well because you have no idea who's listening on this podcast. Antoinette would be an incredible asset to your team. She, her logistics, her I am, organization. my project management is A1. Insanity. I am a yeah, project, so project manager. Manage. I love to be given a task and see that it is done, that it stays on budget, that it is timely, that everybody on the team works effectively and to put you know, SOP, standard operating procedures in place so that it can continue when I'm gone. I love project management. I love program management. And uh, yeah, that's really my wheelhouse. That's what I thrive in and production and things of that nature. Um, So that's what I'm looking for. And I'm excited for the next project that I can manage. Yes, (laughs) Um, Run that skill set. Listen, I also, I got to be honest, I get really happy. Like I'm sometimes, sometimes I go on IG and I'm just scrolling. And then there are times like usually I'll go to Shanti's stories. I'm like, what did she post today? This like some meme or some kind of really random picture of like a, a older like black woman with a cigar and flowers in her hair. Like what's she doing today? And then I saw that she had like a a family day with her and her artsy boy and her daughter and they were riding bikes and all the things and it made me really happy to see because she spoke that into existence so that's I, my I update gave my skill sets and then i put my skill sets out my three things that i can do well 
is uh, what ride a bike. Apparently, she can do monkey bars. I didn't realize. <laughs> monkey bars. I was like, sis is out here on these monkey and bars. And keep my kid from dying on the street. That was her, Jojo, that was the first time Jojo rode her bike and she rode eight miles. She did really well and she didn't have any, um, whatchamacallit, what is it, training wheels or anything? Child, she better not. She's 10 years old. I think not I had training wheels at 10, but that's At okay. 10 years old? I think no, I did. I think I had then. one training wheel because my dad used to say that I hit the curb too hard and he refused to take it off. I think he was just lazy and didn't want to take it <laughs> off. But then there was a point when I got like, I just got really relying on it and was like, nah, just leave that joint on there. I'm just chilling. On the one side it just was one it. training wheel on the one that's side. very. Anyway, whatever. What are your updates, Shanti? Um, I with JoJo all the time. I'm just figuring out. I was talking with my friend today and she really put it in perspective because now that the brick and mortar is closed and I'm doing online and I'm just trying to figure out this new way of doing business. But she was like, Jolie is your full time job. So you need to like figure out now that she's home and she's homeschooling, you need to figure out and situate your business and make it a priority to make it so that your business can run without you like man doing all the operational stuff. You have to like delegate so that you have time to kick it with her. And I punched her because I was like, shut the fuck up. Who are you talking to? But I was it just like completely. Can, it just helped to like reprioritize and be like, oh, right. Can you come right, on screen right, right. though? Oh, am I not? I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm leaving off. So that was like, that's been helpful in me just kind of figuring shit out because it's just a whole new, it's a whole new world. A whole new world. So that's it. And just, yeah, just figuring that shit out. Jojo should be in school right now, but she's not. So <laughs> I have to figure out what her curriculum's going to be. So, shout out to homeschooling mothers. If there are homeschooling mothers, please share your resources. As oh well. yeah, that would be that's a super great topic. I would love to have someone talk their talk. That that's there. There's so much going on with that. Like I'm still trying to figure out that. I got two that started high school. Well, not started. But they're high doing school, like virtual in high school, school, right? They're they're doing virtual, but we're all on the internet all day at the same time, and so yeah. I had to upgrade my internet. It's a it's a lot to figure out. How many computers do you have to do that? Or do you we need We all have our own we all have our own laptops. Oh that's so. amazing. That's good. Yeah. Oh shout my out new to- job sent me a yeah. laptop. Shout out to all the folks that are homeschooling kids and trying to figure it out. Homeschooling kids while they working from home. <laughs> I always think about our girlfriend Amanda, who is a teacher who goes into her classroom with her son who does not go to her school, has him set up on a computer while she's doing some kind of virtual teaching from her classroom. And then her other kid is somewhere being taught how to like scribble and write because he's so young. Like it's a lot going on right now. Child, I would just tell my kid, like, baby, you're gonna be left behind one year. It's okay. You're gonna do fifth grade again. You're gonna know, you're gonna, you're listen. gonna be the biggest kid in your class, but ain't nobody gonna mess with you. Okay. I'm like, baby, I don't know why they don't just do that. Like, everybody just say, you know what, this year don't count. Just everybody getting left behind. See you yeah. in 2021, mm-hmm. kids. 
but should do it with the taxes. Guess too. the economy. They need to can- just just cancel this whole year. That's where I've been at. Everybody like, just stop. We should just yeah. stop. Sweet Start over design. January one. Shit, don't stop, baby. Um, Salah, was that were those? Was that your update? Oh, I, I got plenty of updates. I oh, come on, the, now. come through. I um, I had a beach day this weekend. That's which nice. beach did my, you go to? I went to Brigantine. Brigantine. Mm. I'm from the hood, though, so that was my first. Uh, it's in Jersey. Okay, it's fancy. It is fancy. It's where all the racist white people live. Oh. So I was like on Is it guard. All the racist or rich white people? Um, both. Both. <laughs> both. <laughs> um, yeah, we. Uh, my wife um, used to go there and visit her friends growing up, and so it was my first time going. So I'm like. I don't see nobody black. I think it was maybe two other black people. So that was an experience of just like clutching wow. my pearls as I walked the beach. But it was nice. We had no problems. It was nice, nice and lovely. It was a nice break from like starting this new job. And um, my next update is I'm changing the format of my podcast. And so I'm doing it to be a lot more conversational. I'm inviting my sister on to be a co-host she Uh, is studying to be a lawyer in atlanta and so she's always got all of these opinions and i was like look you you need to get it out there you want to write so i gave her some some space on my website to write and now she she is older um and she's doing she's also doing homeschool for her daughter and in school herself as a as a uh going through law school and so that's i don't even understand what that is like oh, right no now thanks. yeah but um yeah so she's gonna come on as a co-host just to kind of help me out with the podcast so i can focus be less good on for finding you to have somebody interviews. to bounce off of too and you know that i'm changing the format because typically on my podcast um which is the last corner i don't think i said that before so you can find that on apple Podcasts, everywhere you get podcasts um, but I, I typically invite a guest on and we kind of have a conversation about the, my guests and, um, you know, just an area of their expertise and kind of have a larger, broader conversation that relates to community. For now, we're going to kind of break it down and I'll be sharing a lot more of my opinions and perspectives on uh, politics. And, oh, it's yeah. Get- and the- and with your sister, sh- with a sibling, it's going to get real, real, real quick. Yeah, shit's about to get real. You know how that sibling shit goes. So yeah, she said, um she, oh, she's she's an older sibling, so she you know you know older siblings think they know more. So they, they sure do. Shout out to Tina, you know who you are. <laughs> um, you said that you had a beach day, and I know that today is Labor Day. Does this mean that this is the end of summer? Is Labor Day the end of summer? Ciao. It's the official so, end of summer. Uh, we're recording this on Monday. It'll come out on Thursday, but it is the official end of summer, and. I know that this summer COVID got in the way. A lot of summer plans had to be canceled. Lots of shit happened. But it is never too late to pack your thought bag (laughs) and to head on out somewhere and enjoy yourself. Even Mm. if it's to a lover's house. Even Mm -hmm. if it's down the street to your man's house. Even if it's down the street to your jump-off's house. Just pack your spend-the-night bag. And when you do, you need to pack... Love Lavender Shay. I have to be honest. So Love Lavender Shay was introduced to Shanti and I via the advice from a fuckboy podcast. And Taylor, the owner, reached out and was like, hey, 
I would love for you guys to try the product, for you guys for to have an ad. I, you know, I like what you guys are doing. I think your audience would be perfect. And I could not agree more. So Taylor, if you are on Patreon, y'all, you can see these little cute travel size. This is toner. It's even skin toner. I used it today. It was dope. Um, my favorite so far is the Rose Hydration Body Polish. No, this is a salt. And it comes with this cute... Look at this. It comes with this cute, cute little scooper. But if you can see, it has crushed rose petals in it. And it smells so good. And like usually when I pack my little hoe or thought bag, I don't have any nice things. Like it's just like random stuff that I could just throw in there. So this is perfect. I love this. I, j I mean, everything smells good. And then my other favorite is the Island Dream travel oh, travel size. It's only two ounces. So you can bring it on a plane. Body butter. And this smells so damn good. But it also has a little shimmer. But it's not like the trophy wife shimmer, like Fenty, mm. where you like look mm -hmm. crazy. It's like a more natural It's glow. a very natural, subtle glow. And it smells, I'm not even lying. Like I, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't be saying all, like I could just read the little ad thing that I wrote <laughs> and be done with it. But like, I really, really like this product. I am going to support Taylor in the near future. And I am hoping that all of our Around the Way Curls listeners do as well. So I want to emphasize that all items are travel size and they have personal reminders for your travel. So like this one says, don't forget your deodorant. This one says, did you pack your sunscreen? This one says, don't forget your soap, toothbrush, so on and so forth. It's really cute branding. And this month, 10% of each purchase will be donated to the Girls Going Global initiative. So every single month she picks a new initiative to donate 10% of her proceeds to, which I think is super dope. Black businesses looking out for black folks. I'm here for it. And then from now through September 18th, all Around the Way Curls listeners will receive free shipping on their purchase using the code AROUND. So be sure to check out Love Lavender Shea. Uh, that information will be in the description and yeah, shout out to love lavender Shea. I'm definitely shout Shea butter. Shout out to Taylor. And also I just want to point out that I did you, I swear to God, I used these products today. Y'all both said I was glowing. So, uh, apparently they work or oh, whatever. Shanti has hers, but she ain't trying yet. So next time you got to give us your the review. Travel size. Me too. This is like for your first time purchasing, purchasing something to have it like smaller feels like less of like a commitment because mm -hmm. most shea and butter comes in those so big ass pints that you're just like what if i don't like mm -hmm. this and it's glass so Fancy. it screams quality next um i just want to let everyone know that these videos are available on patreon so you should definitely join our patreon <laughs> If you can see what Shot, so join our Patreon so you can see what Shanti's doing right now. Uh, and I am seeing so many people rate, subscribe our podcast, which is so great. Thank you so much. I, I every week I see, I check it almost daily, and it goes up daily, and that is so great. I know that people are reaching out saying that they just discovered us from Apple's recommendation. So. 
that is working. The algorithm is working. We thank you. So I just want to also encourage folks to share this shit. Like if you want, if you feel like people need to hear what the fuck we're talking about, share it. Share it on Instagram. Tell your homegirls to listen to it because honestly, we only want to grow organically. We're not you know, paying to promote and all this other shit. Like if you fuck with us and you're a real one, real recognize real. So share our shit, rate, subscribe, do what you do. We appreciate y'all and we love y'all. Now, everything that we've been waiting for, everything that I've been waiting for, I've been excited about this all day and I'm going to shut up. Well, I'm I'm not going to shut up soon. This is the episode with the 2020 election coming up in November. And with folks needing to request their ballots so that they can, if you can't show up to the, I'm saying that if you can show up to the ballot box, show up, child. But if you can't, if you don't feel comfortable, request your ballots now. And in doing so, we thought that we should have this episode a little earlier than November so that we can talk about the 2020 election. So this episode is all politics as usual. Don't turn this shit off. Don't say that it's going to be corny. Y'all are wild corny if you just was like, "Mm, check it next week. Don't do that shit. It's still going to be in an around the way curl way. It's not going to be, it's not going to be boring. I hope. At least it's not going to be boring to me. So, (laughs) Salah is going to help us through it. But first, I'll do my best. No, Salah's going to talk his shit. I'm, I'm really ready. But at first, I really realized that in talking to a lot of folks, it this shit is really like, and Shanti, jump in. But politics, and especially 2020 election, when you have people in your face like this is the most important election of your lifetime, and the stakes are so high, and there's all this like politic talk, politics talk is so different from regular speak, and it can feel like really intimidating. Is it me or no? Like I be listening to MSNBC sometimes, CNN, and I do listen to Fox because you have to know what the enemies are talking about. And I'm like, what is that word that they just used? And I have to like go back and look it up and see what, you know, listen, it's a struggle sometimes. That shit is by design though. What'd you say? I said that's by design. You know, Uh, it's meant to be confusing so that you don't pay attention to that shit. Exactly. Bipartisanship. But it's just like, yo, why don't you just say these motherfuckers don't agree? (laughs) That's all it means. But, of course, they have to they have to have their speak. And so we're going to break it down. And I think that the where we should start should be the branches of government, because it's become really clear to me then not everyone knows what the branches of government are in this country. So let's break it down. We have the legislative branch, right? The legislative branch makes the laws, okay? The legislative branch is made up of Congress, and Congress is made up of the Senate and the House of Representatives. So when people are talking about, oh, Congress, Congress, they're only talking about the Senate and the fucking House of Representatives. Now, the Senate... The the Senate is different from the House of Representatives in this way. The senators represent their entire state, whereas uh, House of Representatives represents individual districts within that state. So if you think about it like this, you have a governor of your state, right? And they deal with local issues within that state, right? They represent that state. Like they deal with like different cities, whatever's going on, funding for the state, yada, yada, yada. And then you also have mayors, And they deal with different cities. So on a national level, 
you have to have those same type of representatives in Washington, D.C. So if you think about it in that way, to me, it's the easiest way to break down. A senator is closer to like a governor, but it's on a national level where they are speaking to you or they're speaking for you on the national level, the federal level, whereas a house of uh, a representative is a mayor where they're more so talking about their very specific district. Does that make sense so far? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can I just add in there, Please. like for, you know, house of representatives or, or members of the house, they, you know, they typically will live very close to you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they are literally representing your neighborhood, right where you live. And, right. you know, when they're in Washington, D.C., their primary focus should be taking what people that live in their district and turning that into laws that benefit them. That's exactly. their primary focus. While on the Senate side, their whole focus is the entire state. And so for the folks who are the loudest in front of those representatives' faces, those are the ones that have the most sway in how laws are being passed and, and changed. Yes. And most often, most people know their senator, but they don't know their uh, represent their House representative. So... In actuality, it might you might want to flip that a little bit because the motherfuckers are usually the ones walking around asking you to vote for them and they're like in front of your face, which I've seen so many times in Brooklyn. I've never seen mine. What's his name? Child. I was looking up. He is so black and it cracks me up. Hakeem Jeffries. I ain't yes, never seen Hakeem, but Hakeem is, is so out extra. Here. Huh? He extra. That is an extra man right there. I was looking up some of his speeches and stuff, cracking up. I was like, this dude is off the chain. He represents me perfectly. (laughs) Um, Okay. And then we have the executive branch. The executive branch carries out the laws. So again, legislative branch makes the laws as Congress. Executive branch, which is the president, vice president, and and his or her cabinet. Haven't had a hurt yet, but, you know, the cabinet. They carry out the laws. Okay. So I think everybody's clear about, I hope that everybody knows who the fucking president is, the vice president and the cabinet. The cabinet is just the president appoints these people, secretary of state, what, uh, defense secretary, like all these different people that have all of these different roles. Right. Okay. And can, then can we, I jump in there again, please actually for, for the executive, because a lot of folks think when it comes to the president, like, they think the president have so much of a direct influence on their immediate life. Right. And so like we saw that when Obama was president, when people thought like we were just going to have a black president and then just shit was just going to get better. It was just going to be a turn up from, you know, Oh eight to, to, to 16. But like, it's not like that. It's, it's, you know, it's gotta be, you know, a much more deeper level of engagement when we talk about like seeing structural change in our lives. The president doesn't have the ability to just make decisions no. and they just happen and improve everybody's lives. They're really just executing what the like people around out, what the legislative branch um, uh, passed. But then they're also they have much more of a broader aspect on laws when it comes to things happening overseas. Yes. And that is why people always argue, well, Obama, a lot of stuff Obama couldn't get done. Why? Because Congress was blocking it. So that's why it's so important for your party to be in power and in the majority in both the Senate and the House, because then that allows the president 
and Congress to then push forward their agendas. But if you have a president that's putting these agendas forward and the Congress is like, that's a dub, what do you want that president to do? We're going to get into that. Then we have the judicial branch, and the judicial branch interprets the laws. That's the Supreme Court, which is the highest court in our land, and also other smaller federal courts. Everybody clear? Clear. Clear. Crystal. Very good. Fabulous. The last thing, and I'm going to shut up, electoral college. Now, this is a little bit complicated, <laughs> and it's really irritating. So basically, I'm going to try to sum it up. In the best way that I can. And Salah, Shanti, help me out if I'm tripping. Basically, uh, when a whole bunch of white men got together to write the Declaration of Independence, right? There needed to be a compromise because they disagreed on who should elect the president of the United States. And back then, people, the only people that could even vote were, were uh, white men who owned land. So even if you was just a white man, a poor white man, they wasn't listening to OAS either. So they also, the way, that, the way that information traveled was so different. And it's hard for us to wrap our minds around that. But like they did not believe that people would be, in, one, intelligent enough, informed enough, or savvy enough to pick a president. So it was like, how are you going to know about politics when you're all the way the fuck down in East Bumblefuck? you know, raking your lawn or, you know, do in the fields planting, I don't know, some corn. And we're up here making real ass decisions. Like just information didn't travel the way it does now. So the compromise was, okay, we're going to let everybody vote. And that will be the popular vote, or excuse me, we're going to landowners vote. That will be the popular vote. But then depending on the state's population, we are going to have, um, delegates which is going to be the Electoral College. The Electoral College is really who determines who the president is, even to this day. Now, we've never had a situation in this country where the Electoral College has gone against what their... I'm getting ahead of myself. The Electoral College is based on population. So, like, California is heavily populated. So I think that they have, like, 55 delegates. Is that right? I, uh, I can't so. remember the number, what but it's, it's high. the delegates decided? So, it's, so it is the delegates are your senators and your representatives. Mm-hmm. They decide. They, they cast their vote in. Go ahead, Salah. No, I was going to say. So there are also um, there are other delegates as well. Mm-hmm. And so like when you see, you know, a few weeks ago when we had the convention, um, those are delegates that are elected. And they we elect them. Are, we elect them. We elect the delegates um, when it comes, you know, in, in primary time. And so those delegates then take your vote and, you know, based on the popularity in your entire state, not just in, in the districts, they choose who that state is going to give all of their delegates to. So, for instance, California, 55 delegates, right? Made up of mo- a lot of them are senator and these types of folks. But we also like when you scribble in those little circles, that's who you vote for, like the delegate people who are just kind of the figurehead people who are going to uphold, you know, whatever you you voted. Basically, that's what they're saying. Like, all right, we'll vote your vote. But basically is 
when they do like California, it can never be, it's all or nothing. So it could never be like, oh, 20 delegates go to Trump, 20 delegates, like, no, it's the full state of like this state, all 55 delegates are going to this uh, candidate. That's how it works. So it's not broken up in that way. It's like either you win all the delegates of that state or you win none. Does that make sense? Shanti? No. I just don't understand that. Um, so it's it's and that's that's by design. That's also by design, right? It's it's meant to be very confusing, mm-hmm. right? And so, what as no, as voters you, and and, you, and and you're talking about in the primaries, the, these no. delegates are decided. No, uh, uh, the delegates are decided. Then the, the the delegates are picked. Then, however, when we're and decided voting, by us, they're decided by us. When we're voting in the uh, presidential election come November, we've already chosen who the delegates are. And so what we're just doing is we're picking who we want our vote to go to. Now who we want if, the delegates you know, to vote for. Who we want the delegates to vote for, correct. And so let's say here in Pennsylvania, I can't remember exactly how many delegates There's Pennsylvania has, but if the majority of the votes cast in Pennsylvania go for Joe Biden or, you know, in the last election, Donald Trump, then the delegates will give all of their votes to Donald Trump. Okay. And so the problem is what happens is delegates represent the, the majority, the popular census of what the popular people voted. Okay. Correct. Regardless of anything, regardless of, what does the why do we what's what is our what is our logic and who we choose for the delegates? It doesn't matter then because it, it doesn't the, matter what their politics are if the it if their decisions are based on the mass decision. So it doesn't matter. Okay, so fuck cor- delegates. All right. Oh my. Correct. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> a delegate. They don't matter. Okay. It's just like right. an honor I mean, kind of thing. Okay. What ends up happening though is. Okay. Is you have you have like you had and you know it's been it's happened twice in recent history right this last election where Donald Trump doesn't end up getting more votes and back in two thousand more popular what votes. ends up happening correct more you know of the popular vote of the people saying we want this person to be president do wait let's break down is, the popular vote the popular vote is na- nationwide so like people right like so. The way that works, so in California, I'll keep using California for some reason. In California, if there are, let's say, a thousand people, obviously there's more, but let's say a thousand people live in California, right? All a thousand voted for Hillary Clinton. And then there's only 20 people in Kentucky and they voted for Trump. Uh Let's say that Kentucky has... 10 delegates. California has 55, right? They both go to their... The, California goes to Hillary. Kentucky goes to Trump. But the issue is you can have, like, it doesn't... California, even if it had 10,000 votes for Hillary, it's still only 55 delegates. For see. You see, so the popular vote, you can... That's how Hillary had 3 million more people. I think it was 3 million, right? Uh, Yeah. Three million Roughly. more people voted for her, but it was the fact that like they voted, all those people were in the same area as one another. 
So it was like, it didn't matter. She needed votes mm. from like Ohio. She needed votes from Wisconsin, from this place. She was all, it was isolated in these very liberal areas where she was like, damn, I won the popular vote, but I didn't win the delegates. I won the delegates in those areas, but the math didn't add up. Why would they change up. it? Because I think that does make sense though, right? Why would they change Oh, that? I don't think it makes sense at all, but go ahead. We'll talk about that. And so, so that's actually the debate, right? And so, so to to clarify, there's all but two two. There are two states that are not winner take all. Maine, um, and... which are Maine and Nebraska. Yeah. Every right. other state. Because so, everything's managed by state. Correct. Here. So the electoral college, you know, not to bore you with the history of it, but essentially, the 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 federal government was like, look, this shit is too confusing. We're going to throw this on y'all niggas to figure out. And the states was like, well, you know, we want to make it simple, but we don't, because California is a huge state, California shouldn't have way more power than like Nebraska, for example, right? And so because we don't want presidential candidates just going to California, Texas, Pennsylvania, Florida, the big states, they should come to us too, because we also have some sway in the election. Mm -hmm. And so they designed this system um, to basically say, based on the, your, your uh, we, we're going to come up with a, a number of delegates, which is going to be the Electoral College. And based mm -hmm. on your state's population and representatives, each, each state it gets a, a set number of delegates. Except now, for Washington, D.C., which get, it's not a state, but they do get three correct. delegates. Correct. Go ahead. Now, it's up to the states to decide if they want to do that. You know, so that's not in the Constitution. Like, the Electoral College is not a federal thing. It's a state-by-state -state process mm -hmm. um, of choosing who wants to be president. The Constitution just says the states got to figure that shit out. And the states say, we all want to come together and agree and roll out this Electoral College, except for Maine and Nebraska. They decide that they want to divvy up their delegates based on districts. Confusing. Again... All of this is meant to be confusing so that when you do go to vote, you don't feel like you're actually partaking in the system. You feel like it's untrustworthy. You feel like it's just, you know, a, a sheet over your head and you can't really figure out what's going on. It's that's by design. It's meant to be as confusing as possible to dissuade people who are, quote unquote, less intelligent or of less status from participating in the system. Or who also are too busy to be keeping up with this bullshit because it's a lot but also i lot. want to point out that this is why the census is so fucking important because this year's census that we just did like these numbers are going to stay like so the census important is important because it helps determine not only funding but it also helps determine how many delegates you get in an election moving forward and the reallocation of the congressional seats district lines, et cetera, et cetera. Cause the census is basically like taking a poll on population and this will be in place for the next 10 years. So we said this on the last, I think on the last episode, but if y'all motherfuckers do not fill out your census, you are wildin'. Fill it out twice. If you need to just fill it out, <laughs> fill it the fuck out, be counted. That's all. So does yeah, electoral it's, college kind of make sense? Yes. Ish. Okay. No, it makes yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> what are you eating? You. Lamb and rice. Oh, thank where you. are your vegetables, child? Go ahead, Salah. Keep going. 
what so it's 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 very confusing. It's it's a lot to kind of piece together, right? Like, but you have to start like pulling each system apart and okay, I'll understand this part, I understand this part, and it's all meant to intertwine and work together. Um not from the beginning, like the and you know, that's a that's another anecdote that you hear mostly white people talk about this. You hear them talk about like Oh, were our founding fathers designed this? No, none of this shit was designed by them. We've added elements of this throughout history um, and created this large system over time and made it more confusing as we've gone along. And so it's really, you know, the onus is on us to kind of find ways to simplify it and make it more inclusive so people don't feel so burdened by participating in, in their own government that they're taxed on. Um, and so like the electoral college, there's a big movement to, to change what the electoral college uh, um, is. And I think- I'm here for getting rid of it personally. I, I, I've been back and forth. Um, I think the population thing makes sense though, right? Like, I think that makes sense. I think it makes sense, but I don't know if it- It's an argument because- yeah. Today, the, the argument is, is that you want every state to have a fair shake in the president coming to them and asking for their vote or a possible presidential uh, candidate coming to them asking for their vote. The problem is, is that's all we have now. All you see now is candidates going to the big states. Right. They don't go to the, you know, the, the smaller states. They don't go to the smaller. Yeah, they're in California, Texas, Florida, right. Ohio, Pennsylvania. And I would argue that where's Klobuchar from? Why is it escaping me? Uh, Minnesota. I will argue that that's starting to be a swing state. Yeah. And so, like, we already have that. We already have the thing that the reason why they came up with the Electoral College to prevent candidates from only going to select states, figuring out the Electoral College and the way it works for them and just staying there. Right. They already do that now. And so they also fiddle with the census to make well, that's to fuck with the delegates and the and and the representatives and everything else. So everybody's figuring it out. But go ahead. ahead. That's that's a that's a whole other like that's a deep conversation about um, about gerrymandering Mm -hmm. and gerrymandering. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's it's that you know, but word, that is one of the words where I'm like, oh, I'm turning this shit off. All right, <laughs> so lot. just explain to the people what gerrymandering is, please. So, um, you know, like Antoinette said, the census is done every ten years. Um, that is a part of the Constitution that says that the government will count every person that lives in the country, not every citizen, not every American. Not white people, not black people, not niggas that came at in June, but left it. Like every person that currently lives in a community gets counted. That's the census. That's why they, people were cens- it's such an, an uproar when Trump was. What was he trying to add on that bitch? He was trying to say, "Were you are you a legal alien? Are you an immigrant?" He was. There's two things that that he tried to do. The first one was saying, asking people if you are a citizen, right. which makes people feel like, well, damn, I'm not a citizen. Maybe I shouldn't be participating. People exactly. already don't so trust the counted. government as is. Exactly. So they, you know, they feel, you know, you know, iffy about filling out the census or answering their door when people come knock on it. The second thing that he recently tried to do is stop the count early. 
He tried to have it stop in September, but there was just a court order that halted that, both of those. Um, And so the idea is, is that you count all the people and the people are broken up into districts. That's how you figure out where the money goes Mm -hmm. based on the number of people. Right. And so if I have 20,000 people in this district and 10,000 people in this district, they don't get the same amount of money because there's more people over there. That's also how it broken up by who represents who. If I have 20,000 people over there, I need probably more people to represent them than the 10,000 people over here. And But what Republicans do, and I, let me clarify, what Republicans and Democrats have done in the past is you got two circles, right? You know, your neighborhood is broken up into these two circles. And most of the people that support Republicans live here. Most of the people that support Democrats live here. Republicans said, nah, we're going to break the district up to kind of eat up most of this other district so that we're minimizing the impact of the people that live there so that we can have our representatives in both of those districts. Do you understand that? So like if you, if you, if you change the line and it's in a, if you're going into like a more democratic area, if you're just like drawing this line, but you make sure that the democratic area that you're pulling from has less Democrats in it than Republicans, that like those democratic votes are chalked because it's majority. They, they, right? they, they essentially don't matter. And so like, if, if you break up a district that is predominantly black and have parts of it live in white neighborhoods, you know, just based off of like a city. It's literally just where they're drawing the line. Sometimes there, there are districts that are drawn in a way where it's a huge white neighborhood. And then they draw a small black neighborhood or a block even just to kind of break up that black neighborhood to reduce their voting power and reduce the money that goes into that. Right. So that that black vote is not a collective large vote. It's split in all of these small, like smaller white votes where they just get drowned out. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Jerry. And so that was done in 2010 and it was done in a way where, you know, basically, you know, governments, state governments around the country found that it was illegal But the problem was it was, you know, it was seven years after the fact. And so through those seven years, Republicans were able to gain those representations in government, representations. I mean, judges, courts, judges, cities, state and federal level. And so when we when going back to that last point that I made about Obama, when people get frustrated over the fact that Obama wasn't able to do the things and be as black as we wanted him to be, quote unquote. It's because the power to give him the leverage on doing those things and getting those things passed was completely broken. Um, And that's by design. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Everybody listening, are you following? Not that we can hear. It's a lot. And and it's, it's, it's a lot. And I I just want to say this because like, sometimes I get as a, I mentioned earlier, like I do a lot of work in community organizing and I do a lot of work in advocacy and trying to empower people. Right. And that was the whole reason why I started the podcast. I get I also get frustrated at my same community. Right. For being super conspiracy theorists, for being, um, what do you, you mean, know, super da- conspiracy theory? People that think because, you know, we don't understand the Electoral College. People think that a vote in the presidential election literally means nothing. 
Right. And so there's a lot of people in our community and black community that think that not just black community, though, but, you know, immigrant communities, uh, communities that don't speak English very well. Um, And so sometimes I get frustrated with them because I do see the work that goes into it. But I also have to remember that they are victims in all of this. They are victims in this system that's designed to disenfranchise them, to make them become conspiracy theorists on how much the government is taking advantage of them. And so they have so many doubts in how everything works that, fuck it, why do I need to participate in any of it, right? And so it's I always try to bring that to the forefront because we, we are victims in this system that's causing us to have this conversation to begin with, right? Like our education system is so broken that we don't learn about this shit, mm-hmm. right? Our our elected leaders and, and elected officials don't come to our communities as much as they need to um, because, you know, we don't participate as, as much because of all of those things that we just talked about and how broken and how the mistrust is there and how they take advantage of us. That's by design. We're victims of that. And we have to see like the power that we have into all of this to like take that shit back from these people. So, You heard it here first. We're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk more specifically about why voting is important, especially within this 2020 election. We're going to talk the 2020 election. We are going to talk about we're going to talk more about what you what we have to say to folks who are still unconvinced about the government and about voting, what's at stake and much, much more. So we will be back after these messages. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And we are back. We are back with Salah. We are back with Shanti. So let's talk about why voting is important. Let's talk about local elections versus national elections. Let's talk about Biden and Trump. That That's all I have. So let's talk about <laughs> 
Let's talk about it. All right, Salah, why is voting important? Or why is it not important? Shanti, Salah, uh, let me know. I mean... I just think it's... I think... I think... I hear everything that you're saying. I hear the whole conspiracy thing. I was raised, and my my parents still very much so have no investment or belief in the government and the intentions of the government and the international and national actions and repeated patterns that we can constantly see um, that are harmful, destructive, deceitful, and very far from like the people, quote unquote. So I was that that's what I was raised hearing. And so a lot of that still lives in me. And I think the 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 older that I am becoming and the more especially with recent uprisings, especially with social media, especially with access to to more radical ways that people are living and different possibilities beyond this structure that has been really harmful for a lot of people. I'm, I'm constant. I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm just curious as to what that means and what choices and what energy could go community wise in the restoration of our communities beyond this system that you just said, because it just it just is confusing to me how you say this. It's designed to be this way, right? Like this, the skeleton of this, or the 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 programming of this robot is to like p- bash you in the head, like. That, that is how what it's programmed to do. It's going to knock you upside your fucking head. But, like, why don't you learn this program really well, the ins and outs? Why don't you know all the people that make this program? And why don't you try to put on a different, like, be invested in the different outfits that this, this robot wears? And, like, maybe it won't knock you upside your fucking head. Like, if we could just reprogram this thing, even though... It has been designed by design. It's intent, just like Antoinette said from the get, was like, and I, for for I'm I believe it's more like classism, like people who had money, who owned property, who made these decisions were like, you know, this is that was how it was designed, and then of course through history and you know, racism and all these things, like it's been then combined with, you know, racism and all this stuff. But like, either, however you want to call it, however this robot machine is dressed, it's designed to knock you upside your fucking head. And that's it. And I I can't wrap my head, I, I, I find it more appealing and more empowering and more exciting and I feel more shame that I don't know what's going on locally in Philadelphia because, like, this is my community. This is where it feels like there's life, where there's love, and, like, where there's real radical things can can happen. And so me knowing 
this this higher up like suited thing and this 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 cerebral weird it's just weird like that whole that all just weirds me out I don't connect to it and so I don't necessarily feel the way that you guys feel I don't know what else to say my shame lies in like oh no like like I need to I I live in Germantown I was raised in Germantown I was raised I'm in Fairmount now like I should know my neighbors. I should know what the fuck's going on. I should like be invested in the kids that are there. What do people need? And I feel like th- that investment then kind of like leads you to the trail of like, oh, but you need to be talking to this person and this, this, you know, th- what did the fuck is his name? Dwight Evans. You need to go to Dwight Evans because this nigga, everybody <laughs> fucking fit all my life. Dwight Evans. <laughs> All my fucking like Dwight Evans, like this is a powerhouse, Dwight Evans, fucking. So like that's 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 where I find hope. I I don't find hope, or, and I don't trust this huge ass machine. I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know. I I don't feel as strongly as like Antoinette feels like around elections, and she gets really upset with me and my. My shame is in like the local elections that it's like, oh no, you sh- you should know what's going on, especially as being a business owner. Like you should know what the fuck's going on and be invested, and people should know you. And like that's where I feel movement should happen, or like where's yeah. So I- I'm glad I get you it. Said I'm going that, uh... to vote. I'm going to vote. But I'm not gonna be like we're we're fucking changing everything, man. Like this is we're we're it's gonna be amazing. And I don't know. I have yet to hear or be exposed to or reach out and look for people that are kind of like doing that community based stuff, you know. And at a young age, I've I just haven't had that. So I just want to say think, real. Um... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Just real fast. I have never said that this, yes, a lot of this is by design, but I think that there's a fundamental difference between just being like, oh, I'm going to redress this robot so I feel better. It's like, no, I'm going to reprogram it. And I think that there's something to be said about reprogramming things within the constructs that we're in and being like, no, I'm demanding that these laws change. And I think that it is disheartening to me when people in my community don't realize that that's well within our grasp. Like we have the power to demand that certain shit change. And like things have changed, like very much so. And I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm a, cause I knew this was coming. I'm just going to read this because it's from Angela D Davis. And like, if anybody knows that some shit needs to change, it's her. And she said, it usually takes a very long time for radical change to be made. But then on the other hand, there are moments such as the current conjecture that bring together a range of struggles and issues and allow those of us who have been active in struggles of racism, patriarchy, and economic oppression over the years to recognize that the work we do does ultimately make a difference, even though it may take 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years before we are able to witness the fruits of that activist labor. 
Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think anything I said is contrary to what Angela Davis says. I don't know if it's if the work is in investing all of your energy in. I don't think it's in about politics. investing all of your energy into anything. I think it's investing some of it. I think it's I think it's a multi prong thing. Like I think you gotta you gotta be community activist. I think you gotta be rebellious and tear shit down. And then I also think you gotta be like okay. Now I'm going to go make my voice heard because these motherfuckers in Washington need to hear me too. And not just at a protest. Like, I'm going to cast my vote and say, this is what I want. Look, what's the homie's name? What's my man's name? What's his name? Hakeem. Yo, Hakeem. This is what I want, my guy. So when you go down to Washington, you better take care of this shit for me. And if you don't, then you're not getting a check. Then I'm no longer paying your salary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I and I I think that it gets I think that I get the rap of being like no this is the only way to do it we got to stay in the confines of this that's not what I'm saying at all like I'm definitely one of these people that's out here like burning shit down start again but there's ways there we have to attack this in multiple ways is all I'm saying and to be to, it's a disservice for us to just for for it, it disheartens me when a lot of folks that I talk to are very like this shit is fucked up this shit is this, this shit is that but they don't know who their representatives are they don't know who their senators I don't think are you have to know who your representative is to say that shit is fucked up and let me finish what I was saying for I'm just saying that they don't know I don't that, think that can I finish I don't think I'm saying that they don't know who they are they don't demand anything else from them. And I don't see what they're doing in the community on a local level to change anything outside of just saying that the shit is fucked up. Great. It's great to point out that it's fucked up. Great. You had an epiphany. Things are fucked up. What are you actively doing to change it? And that's where I'm, that's where I struggle where I'm like, well, what are you, what are you doing? If you're not going to go vote? Okay. Then what are you doing? What like think tanks are you having? What are you instilling in your children? What are we talking about? What pot? What are you talking about on your podcast? What are you? T- what are you, How are you using your platform? Where, what resources are you providing to other people? Where are you putting your money? Are you buying everything off of Amazon, or do you think you could buy some Love Lavender Shea and get Shea Butter from this black-owned businesswoman? Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's kind of where I'm at. We're like, I'm sick of complaining about it. What are we doing? There's, but there's so, like, I guess, I guess there's many. I guess there's many ways that people can show up. And I, and I hear what you're saying, that there's the, the multidimensional to make sure you're hitting all the different areas, even if you're more active or more compelled in one area, is effective. But I don't know that, I don't know that doing one thing or more than the other negates the work or the area, the space that you I'm not saying that either. I'm saying do something. But Salah, what are you, what what are your thoughts? You know, it's, I I feel everything you said, Shanti, and there's, there's two things that happens, right? And so the first thing that happens is the system is designed to dissuade us from participating, um, both on a literal sense, whether it's through laws um, through a physical sense, whether it's meant through intimidation, um, and then broke, bro- broken systems, right? Not educating us. The other thing is the shame piece, right? And so you, you know, one of the things that I've been on lately, and one of the reasons why I started my nonprofit organization was because when we talk about 
getting people involved, it's done through shame, right? We shame our community for not being involved and not being invested and not knowing who your representative is, right? And so we, we, if we are going to talk about getting more people involved in the system, um, if we're going to talk about people uh, participating, especially young people, it's got to be done through building relationships, not through shame. Like nobody does anything through shame. Like, fuck you. I don't want to, you know, if you're going to shame me and, you know, throw my name in the mud for not participating or not knowing, then I'm less likely to participate in the future. And so that's the other aspect of, and it happens a lot from large political figures that do this. Right. And so we, we have to talk about, like, how do we build relationships to get more people to feel comfortable about getting involved? The other side of it is, is it's, how can I say this? We, we have to think less about, I don't, I don't trust the system at all, right? I don't, you know, I educate about it. I talk about it. I talk to politicians in here in, in the city of Philadelphia, across the state, but I don't, I don't trust their intentions all the time. I don't trust the process. Part of the reason why I don't trust the process is because there's not enough people like me engaged in that process, right? And, and in order for me to trust that process, in order for me to change that, whether it be break it, dismantle it and throw it in the trash and start anew or reforming it is to get more people involved in it. And so it's, it's less of a, I trust this system and less of a, you know, I want to, I want to make it work for us versus what's happening to us is going to happen whether we get involved or not, Mm -hmm. unless we get involved. Right. And so you're paying tax dollars you are being victimized by police. Your schools are shit. Your representatives don't listen to you. The news doesn't speak to us and doesn't come to our communities and actually talk about what's happening. And so how do we find ways to, within each other, build relationships and break all of that shit out of the way and speak to me being able to speak to somebody without my suit and tie on, speak to a brother from around the way and connect with him on a deeper level. Like, look, I understand this shit. Let me connect with you and understand not that you just got to make a decision, but there is power in the decision that you hold to better your life and better the people's lives around you. And so, like, I feel like that's the different perspective that we have to start approaching it from. Um, and talking about it in a way of, I don't trust this shit either. I talk this shit, I don't trust it. I'm trying to get you to understand that I don't trust it either, but show you that the white people that do trust it, the white people that are uh, ingrained into this system is because they have spent their entire lives doing this through repetition, through routine, mm-hmm. and through all of these norms that it, interact with every aspect of their life. If we want that same power, we have to take that. We have to do the same thing. We have to ingrain it into how we do things and how we interact with each other and how we interact with businesses and um, local people in our our city governments. The other side of it is, is when we talk about politics, we often talk about it on a federal level. 
um, you know, we you you open internet about the three branches of government. Well, a lot of it doesn't happen directly to us mm-hmm. there. A lot of it happens much more locally, locally, right? What's happening here in Philadelphia? What's happening on the state level, right? And so we we also have to change how we're talking about politics when it comes to an education piece of instead of just the three branches of government, but the three the uh, how government interacts with us by proximity. Yep. Right. The closer government is to my city, the more of an impact it directly has on either improving my life or representing the things that I actually want or harming me directly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I was trying to talk about the first of all, thank you, Shanti. I don't ever want you to feel like I'm trying to shame you. I just I get really passionate about it and I'm talking about the disheartening how, why it's disheartening to me. Why it like it just feels like, oh man, it makes me, it makes me sad. And it's not directly to you at all. It's conversations that I have with a lot of other people that are like, fuck that shit. I'm not even voting, which is not the conversation you and I have. But it's also, I think I, and I I can do better. I can definitely do better around the shame aspect. I think for me too, I just look at it as there is a fight being fought and we're not showing up to the fight. So we're going to lose. Like we're not showing up and, or like, if we don't show up, then we automatically forfeit it, you know? So that's kind of how I view it. I also really want to talk about and why I started with the three branches of government is because of the upcoming 2020 election, presidential election, which everybody is. I think I think more folks are engaged in this because folks are realizing just how... I think that people really didn't think that like, uh, you know, he might get in there and fuck some stuff up, but like, it ain't really like, it ain't going to affect me. You know, it's still America. Like, no, this shit's about to fall apart, my guy and girl. Like, democracy is, democracy. Is at stake. Is at stake. It's, it's, so it's I, being I, threatened. I, yo, I jotted some things down that are at stake. I'm just going to read them off real quick. So, you know, we have the environment and climate change. Uh, you know, he pulled out of the Paris Agreement. He rolled back safety measures of offshore drilling, cut federal funding for science and environment environment initiatives. Supreme Court appointments. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is out of here after this term. Like, she is on her last leg. And she's not perfect by any means. But you know that she's going to be a liberal vote. So it's like, if he gets to a point <laughs> and somebody to the Supreme Court that is super conservative, like another appointee, we're chalked. Like, we are chalked. Like, shit is going to roll on back. And stuff that's going to affect our daily, everyday lives. Um, you know, we're lucky that jo- Justice John Roberts, you know, upheld abortion rights. Like, we're very lucky. We're lucky that um, Neil Gorsuch uh, uphold LGBTQ rights-ish. Because even that law is like, you can't be discriminated at work. But it's also at, like, federal employment. So it's kind of like tricky immigration children are still in fucking cages like still like right now like there are kids that are dying in our country being held in cages that are being raped molested that it it is i mean i don't even have to get into that racial inequity education mass incarceration prison reform uh police reform housing redlining many i mean what else? I mean, gun rights policy. We forgot about that. We forgot the kids was getting killed in schools. Like, 
with the, all the other shit going on, like that took a back burner. Healthcare, uh, our international standing and our foreign affairs, social security, women's rights, LGBTQ, LGBTQIA rights, uh, free press, the fucking middle class. Like all of these things are at stake. So here we are, the 2020 election. You have Trump who is telling people vote twice, which is completely illegal. And then you have Biden, who people are not in love with at all. I just want to say, and I'm not speaking for Shanti or Salah, but I just want to say it really bothers me when people liken Biden to Trump. It's like they are not the same. That false equivalency is dangerous. And I think it's completely unfair. Now, Joe Biden was not my presidential pick. <laughs> Joe Biden is flawed. Joe Biden deserves to be held accountable for his actions. Joe Biden deserves to be questioned. But I'm going to quote Angela D. Davis again when I say, she, or when she said, I don't see this election as being about choosing a candidate who will be able to lead us in the right direction. It will be about choosing a candidate who will be most effectively pressured into allowing more space for the evolving anti-racist movement. Biden is very problematic in many ways, not only for his involvement within mass incarceration in, his, in the past, but he also has indicated that he is opposed to dismantling the police. But, and I say but, Biden is far more likely to take mass demands seriously, whereas Trump, the current occupant in the White House, is far less likely. And this is the argument that people get so frustrated with was like the lesser of two evils. But if you don't see this motherfucker as the lesser of two evils, then damn. I mean, I get it. I get it. But I, I also have this thing with Biden where I'm like, oh, people make mad mistakes. Biden was a dickhead. In a lot of ways. Shout out to Philly because I'm using the word dickhead. But <laughs> Biden was a dickhead in a lot of ways. He made a lot of mistakes. But I also feel like I'm not, I hope, like I'm about to be 33. I hope that when I'm 70 something, I'm different than me at 33. And I really do feel like this man <laughs> can get us out of some of this mess. Not all of it at all. Because he's. He ain't it. He ain't. He is not the the leader, the revolutionary leader that's going to lead the way. He ain't it. And I don't think Kamala is either. But I just think he can at least bring us back to some sort of like calm <laughs> of like, yo, World War Three might not happen tomorrow, y'all. Rejoice. But y'all go ahead. That, that's all I'm saying. I'm not telling people you who know. to vote for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just put that out there, though. But all you motherfuckers that think that y'all are revolutionary, Angela D. Davis said that. And I don't know many people more revolutionary than her. But I'm going to just be quiet now and let people talk. There's this uh, really amazing book by Angela Davis that I read uh, often. It's called Freedom is a Constant Struggle. And it talks about... Um, the, the the correlation between like the black struggle that happens here in America, um, the the struggle of you know apartheid through the civil rights era here in America, and how it 
is a direct relation to what's happening in Palestine. Mm -hmm. Um, And talking about like the similarities of finding um, just, you know, commonalities and people that are also struggling and supporting one another through that, because that's how you uh, find different ways to build um, political and uh, social power to actually, you know, affect change. And so like, I, I, I love Angela Davis because I, I always think back to that book and just think back to some of the things that she talks about, which is, you know, it's this, you know, there's a thing that's said in politics, right? Like this isn't, this isn't a sprint, this is a marathon, you know, the typical cliche thing, but like, that's, it's very true. This, this shit is not going to just change tomorrow, right? Nobody's thinking that the second Trump isn't in office, life is just better. Or the fact that like, it was better before he was in office, right? Um, the, the other side of it is, is that with him in office, we we are on our way to a complete collapse of our society as we know it. Yep. And that's not, I, I, I feel more comfortable saying that uh, because a few weeks ago, Obama said it at the at the convention, you know, in, in more or less words, that our democracy literally is at stake. And so it sounds dramatic. It sounds, you know, like people are being over the top, but it is because every aspect of our life when it comes to respecting not just like the normal way people do shit, but just like not being a dictator. Like he's just doing that. He's just doing it. And nobody is. And he has support from his party. Right. Right. And so that's, that's a real thing right now. Um, And it's a, it's a way that like people like myself um, and other organizers and activists are talking about like, okay, this is an opportunity to actually reach more people to see that we are on a direct path of complete collapse in our society the way we know it today in a way that will really set us back not to like the 60s but like Jim Crow era yeah and so to to you know prior before that right at at the fall of reconstruction um this is like Hitler shit yeah, it really is. And so it's 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 important for people to not just understand that politics isn't always about like getting your perfect candidate. It's very rarely about that. You know, politics and getting involved with government is more about who can I get there that will kind of listen to me that I can push in the direction that I need them to go. It's never about getting your per- uh, your perfect candidate. It's always about compromise because while I think I have sometimes the most perfect views on things. That's also my perspective. It's not everybody's perspective, right? People that live in predominantly white communities will have different passions, will have different things that they want accomplished, and they will be pushing those same elected officials to move into their camp. And if I'm not pushing them into my camp, then I'm losing. I'm losing every single time. And if not enough people are pushing them into my camp, we're losing every single time. And so you know, we have to going back to that conversation about like how much can the president do and do we want to find the perfect candidate? It's we're never going to find the perfect candidate We're that's just never going to happen. But it's also not designed to happen that way. Nobody in our government is designed to have that much power to be able to Checks do those types of things. Exactly. exactly. And so we, we <clears throat> oh, excuse me, we, we have to remember that like. It's like this shit is all a compromise. This shit is all just kind of figuring it out and, and 
and pushing the person we want to do the things that we want them to do, but constantly staying in their ear. It's it, I can't just vote for somebody and then just get, expect them to get in office and just do. When did they hear from me? Mm-hmm. When? How do they know what I want them to do? Did I call them? Did I write them? Did I, did I speak to them face to face? They don't know shit for me. They don't know what I actually represent, what I want them to do. We have to, we have to make our voices heard and on a regular basis and constantly continuously push them into the direction that we want them to go to. Cause otherwise somebody else is pulling them into the white supremacist camp all the time, black politicians as well. Yeah. That leads me to think about people figuring out what their values are. Like it goes back to internet. Like, all right, you say everything's fucked up, but then what, what's the most broken thing that you can like hone in on and figure out how you can or who can or what you need to do to kind of bring about those changes. What what in your life, you know, whether it be healthcare, whether it be incarceration, whether it be education, all of these big, 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 huge federally mandated, designed, affected things that trickle down and affect you and your life daily that you can begin to like dissect and figure out, okay, who you need to talk to and whose ear you need to be in. Because I think it's also like when you think everything is fucked, it's just overwhelming, difficult and it's overwhelming to feel like, all right, well, how, how am I going to like, or who do I talk to? Um, to begin participating in, in what, what do I, ha- from where do I engage? And so when we want people to be engaged, civically engaged, and it's like, I think it's, I think it's a good way to just kind of like pick your poison kind of thing, like pick what, what you really want to engage with. If it's just, you know, simple things in in your child's school in the neighborhood, like the fucking getting the fucking who are the people with the with the shirts on that make sure the kids you know walk past crossing guards. That, yeah, like all just simple things that like make a, a huge difference um, in people's small intimate communities that you can engage with, and like that's just for me. I feel like that that's the the beginning of the civic engagement. Cause otherwise it's just like, this is too big. Everything. There's so much that I could complain about, but picking the one thing and, and really getting into it feels like it's like a, you know, a way to start. Yeah. Um, I mean, civic engagement, we, we have to, you know, I like how you, you set that up because civic engagement isn't just voting. Right. Civic engagement is protesting, Mm -hmm. but, you know, 99% of how we change things um, happens not on the streets. Mm -hmm. So, right. So protesting is a great introduction for a lot of folks um, to get started and to to find an issue that they are passionate about. Um, Petition writing is a thing, right? Policy writing is a thing. Emailing your representative calling your representative, showing up at their fucking offices. They have local offices right in your neighborhood. I guarantee you, you can't walk more than a few blocks in your neighborhood without running into 
a rep's office in your neighborhood. And so what are we doing? How are we engaging on those different levels um, of civic engagement? Because those are all levels of different civic engagement. Um, When it comes to finding a way to get involved, it's like you said, pick an issue. What's the thing that is most important in your life that's happening or that is a struggle right now? If it's not your life, the people that you love, what's the most important thing in their lives that is a struggle? Is it healthcare? Is it access to healthcare? Is it the shitty school systems? Is it being able to find a job? Is it pay? You know, that is find that issue that you care the most about, because that's the one thing that you'll dedicate the most of your time to and the most of your passions to. And you'll see and find a community that will also wrap your their arms around you. The other side of that is, you know, kind of what I said earlier. It's building the relationships. Um, it's how we get other people involved and how we actually start to see change. Part of it is by, you know, knowing who your representatives and annoying the shit out of them. But the other part of that is the social piece, right? And so we don't really see policy changes unless it comes from a social movement first. And the way that happens is the relationships that we create with each other, the conversations that we have with each other about this stuff, like have conversations about how fucked up school is, right? Eventually somebody's going to be like, yo, we need to run up on city, uh, city council. We need to run up on a school board meeting. You know, when we saw we saw recently um, or I I should say last year, um, one of the biggest things in Philadelphia was the shitty asbestos in Philly schools. Hmm. Right. And the asbestos and lead in the Philadelphia schools. It was a huge, huge thing. You know, we saw community become outraged. They came together. They expressed their frustrations together and they addressed that directly to city council to the point where. They created an, you know, all, uh, budget to address those issues. Now, granted, it's not enough, and the state needs to jump in and play a larger role into, you know, the infrastructure of our of our Philadelphia schools. But that initial passing, uh, money funded to address those schools, doesn't happen without creating the relationships with the people that have the same passions about addressing the problems that you do. So for folks that's listening, like find one of those passions and latch onto it. Find a community that is passionate about it just as much as you are. I guarantee you there are people out there. There's probably people in your immediate circle that are also just as passionate about those issues, but we don't know because we don't speak on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll find that you'll, you'll once you get involved into the system of not just um, voting, but a deeper engagement of civic uh, engagement, you'll find that it's harder to detach yourself from it. I think that's an interesting, I'm sitting here looking at all the things that I wrote, like for what's at stake. And I'm like, I don't know which one of these I pick. Like what would be the one I'm curious to know if, if folks do know, like what's the issue for, for y'all? Like what's the issue that's like, this is calling like this really keeps me up at night and this is what I'm really focused on right now. Shit. Mm. I mean, for me, I mean, the it's... fact that I live directly across the street from a school. 
My daughter could get up, wash her face, feed. She could walk herself to a school safely. My daughter cannot go to that school. She's better being at home with me and my dumbass teaching her than her going <laughs> to that school. Because what she'll be exposed to, what she just like, it would just not, it would be dangerous for me to send her to that school. That's a, that's a, it's right across the street from my house. I live in a neighborhood that is the disparity because of public housing or subsidized housing, this disp- the disparity between the houses, the, 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 the money mm-hmm. between the uh, residents is just vastly different. But like, there's no connection between them. They don't, those people that live in that neighborhood don't send their kids to that school. Like that, to me, that just blows my mind. And I don't, I mean, I don't know what I'd have to vote or what the fuck I'd have to do. But, you know, home, I guess home ownership becomes an issue then, right? Because your taxes on what you pay in your neighbor, in your home affects your neighborhood school. So I don't know. I mean, that would be the rabbit hole in which I would have to like figure out what I could do civically to make that make sense to me. But like... Healthcare, all of these things um, are, are important to me. What about you, Salah? The biggest thing for me, honestly, is um, right now it's, it's jobs in Philadelphia um, because I'm seeing, you know, I, I, when the pandemic hit, I mean, obviously Philadelphia was shitty before that, right? You know, Philadelphia is... Um, of the big cities, Philadelphia has the highest poverty rate, mm-hmm. right? Of, of the top 10 big cities in the country. Um, Philadelphia, you know, has been on a decline for a very long time. Um, even though it's a majority Black-led city, majority Democratic city, um, it's been on a decline for a while. And since the pandemic, you know, a bunch of, obviously, lots of people have been on um, unemployment, but now we're starting to see jobs force people to come back to work whether or not they have um you know uh restrictions in place or protections in place that prevent people from catching you know COVID-19 but then also people's unemployment are running out and they're being kicked off of unemployment and they don't have access to be able to get out there and find a job right and so that's a big concern for me right now is like what are we doing for folks that don't that can't work that literally cannot work, that are getting their food from, you know, uh, uh, these different, you know, pop-up vendors that are out there just giving out box food and box lunches that are relying on neighborhoods to to find, you know, some school nearby where they can get, like, box lunches for their kids from because they're used to relying on a system that sent their kids to school so they can get food. What are we doing for those folks that want to work because we ain't lazy. Black people aren't lazy, despite what they say about us. We we want to be productive. We want to find value in ourselves. Like, what are we doing for that? And right now, we're not really seeing anybody talk about anything. Honestly, I really feel like Philadelphia is like 
one incident away from just complete anarchy with a lot of things that's happening in the city right now because everybody is just looking to the next person to make a decision or trying to copy off of what another city or state is doing, but like botching the entire fucking process with it, right? We just saw the mayor out there eating at a restaurant out of state when people in Philly can't fucking go into a restaurant and eat, right? And so it's like, it's dumb shit like that where we have leaders and elected officials in place that just don't understand the dynamic of what's taking place and don't understand the hardships on people and are just kind of sitting back and waiting for either a rescue or for someone else to make the decision. And so, you know, uh, another thing that directly correlates to the whole job thing is the murder rate is going up. The murder rate is up like 33, 35% depending on the day in Philadelphia. Right. And so like that, a lot of that stems from people not having the ability to get up, go to a job, to pay for things, to financially support themselves, their family. Right. They have to turn to alternatives. They have idle time, you know. Right. And so I I think that's a big piece right now. And I know it's hard because of the pandemic, but I think it's also a conversation that we should be having. But no one seems to be having in the city. Mm, He said Philadelphia is one event away from complete anarchy. Yeah, damn. Um, I don't know. I think for me it's always been racial inequity. I think that's always been my thing. And that that is there's like a scope to that. There's like a I mean, we could talk about housing, we could talk about education, we could talk about prison reform, police reform, mass incarceration, all of that. But um I think it's always been that of like, yo, this isn't right. Hold it. Oh, I'm sorry. My cat is so bad. But um, yeah. And I, and I need to do better because I'll be out in these streets and I'll be protesting. I'll be putting my body out here. And then I'm like, and then I'll come back and I'll vote and I'll talk my shit on the podcast. But like, I need to show up. So I, it was funny because I remember being at a... Um, at a protest and meeting an officer, Officer Frey. And Officer Frey, I really, really wanted to put together a round table of like, and a small thing of like, Officer Frey, you and your people come sit down with me and my people and let's just have a conversation. He's a black officer and he's very, um, he's a bit outspoken on social media and he speaks out a bit about police officers and their, you know, use of excessive force. And, um, but he also, he also is very like blue lives matter ish. And so it's a really interesting dynamic where like, you'll see him like, yeah, this is not okay. But I feel like those incidents are the exception to him where he's like, when, when police officers act up, that's the, that's like the issue. But like, we're good. Like y'all don't respect us. Y'all don't realize what, what all that we do for the community. And like at the end of the day, when you need some shit, you can call us and we're going to have to show up and put ourselves in harm's way. So he has these kind of, this kind of tone and we go back and forth in DMS a lot. And I'll be like, officer Frey, how are you feeling? Cause he, he'll be really upset and be like, it's a really hard day to be an officer. It's a really hard day to go out and do what I love and yada, 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 protect my community, my family. And so he gave me a different perspective of like, oh shit, this is a human, um, 
who has a very different lived experience than I do. And I have a lot of opinions about who he works for, about him, about his posts. But I also want to understand him more. And when it was time for us to really start talking about these things, it was just like, it was really hard to put it together because of COVID. But I would love to have just a small, and not even public thing, but just like a small thing where I can have a better understanding. And then like facilitate community conversations around this of like, how can you police us better? And what is policing? Cause we define it real differently than y'all. Cause y'all out here, like just locking motherfuckers up, but you don't even know my name and you don't even say hi to me when you walk down the street. Like that's not policing. Like policing is knowing who I am, you know, what I do, what I like, who this lady is. Oh, the elderly lady. She's okay. Her air conditioner is working. Yeah, it's hot today. She's good. Like that's policing to me of like, is everybody cool? What can I do and be in service? Not like, how can I catch you slipping? And so I, I, I need to revisit that and try again um, because I'll be, I don't do enough. And I, I probably did more when I was in Philly than when I, I, I and it's funny because I, We'll follow Phil- back to Philadelphia. No, I will follow Philly politics more than New York politics sometimes. Like I'm, I, I'll, I realize I'll be like, I don't know what the fuck is going on in New York because I don't have any kids in the in the school system. You know, like I don't. My family and friends are really in Philly, so it's like I want to know what's going on there. Like I want to make sure my people are good. Um, so I need to do better. You know, me and old boy, wasn't it Hakeem? Me and Hakeem got to talk. <laughs> Hakeem is a mess. <laughs> but me and Hakeem got to sit down. I'm like, Hakeem, Kimi, you want to come on this podcast real quick? But I think that that's it. I mean, it feels so daunting sometimes. But we could all just do a little something, something. If we all just do a little something, something. You know, can I can I just say, like, I know you say you feel like you could do more. You are doing more. Right. And so like the opportunity to have this kind of conversation is 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 doing more. Right. And and having them even in smaller segments on, on your shows is doing more. Showing up at a protest is doing more. Um, don't feel like you have to do everything either. Yeah, I, mean, like, I feel like I need to be like Angela Davis. Don't don't like my life it's, has to I be mean, dedicated to this shit. <laughs> if you have the capacity, that right. is beautiful. I'm but positive. It's, it's also like, it's a lot. Like I have, you know, the whole reason why, you know, like I went to the beaches because like I was, I was taxed mm. fucking Chadwick pass. Oh. Like I, my wife and I were, she, we were on a couch and she just burst into tears. She had to go into the room. Like oh. I comfort her as best as I could, but like, I couldn't even just like process any of it. Like I just needed a break. And, you know, because I'm also doing all of these other things. Like I'm going to protest. I'm doing petition writing. I'm doing this nonprofit education. I'm doing, you know, engagement with, um, you know, community members and trying to get them to turn up and create relationships on voting and stuff like that. It's a lot. It's a whole lot. And like, if you put too much on yourself, I can say this now after I put too much on myself, but like, if you put too much on yourself, that shit wears on you. And like it wears, it, it's to, it gets to a point where you don't even realize how heavy it is until you're already down. And so like, don't feel like you got to do everything 
And for anybody else that's listening, don't feel like you have to do everything because it's it's not meant for just one person to do. It's meant for a collective to yeah. to share the load and to do it together. Everybody and has their roles. Exactly. Not everybody can be out there fucking petitioning and and uh, and you know marching and protesting either. Like when we was out there, what was that June? And they was like, "Get on your knee for eight minutes." What? Yeah, that's... that hurt. It was painful, right? Like I was People like, had I got, shorts I got, on. Like, I was like, um, my bare knees. I got you for ninety seat. seconds, <laughs> and like I'm here, but like I can't. Like not everybody can do that, and it's yeah. unreasonable for us to expect everyone to either. And so, like, I just wanted to say that because, like, don't it ain't all. Don't you do you you doing it? Like you're doing it, and being able to come on here and speak that shit is is a blessing. Talk your shit, Salah. We are grateful that you are here. I think that's a beautiful... Shanti, do you have anything else to add? (sighs) No. I will say... I'm not saying... (laughs) I'm not saying that you shouldn't vote. I think you should vote. (laughs) <laughs> but I also know in, in the same vein, there are a lot of people that I know, and there probably was a time in Angela Davis's own evolution. Angela the Davis. That, <laughs> that they didn't, it didn't resonate with them and they didn't feel comfortable, but they were showing up. Mm-hmm. And they were doing the quote unquote work that is in alignment with this change, transformation, revolution, liberation, whatever it is that we're all trying to like create. And so I just want to shut those people out. And I, again, I think that we all have space to show up and do the work and help people to realize where the system is broken, how it's hurting them, and then the, the myriad of ways that we can show up to kind of try to bring this, I don't know, break the fucking robot, fucking this robot. change the, whatever the, what did I say before? Change the programming. I don't know. I don't know. I hear so, you. I really, and I just want to say that, listen, shout out to, I want to invite those people who, you know, probably don't feel less inclined to vote or to be civically engaged in this in politics in that specific specific way rather yes that's what i'm saying specific way pacific in that specific way (laughs) i just want to um you know invite them to think about the fact that like this fight is really really hard right now and it can get a lot harder (laughs) with <laughs> uh after this November election. Like we're up against it. And you know what? Michelle Obama said it best, baby, at the DNC. She said if you think things cannot possibly get worse, trust me, they can. So, I just want to encourage everyone to not only do their part and I I'm sure that folks are doing their part in their community and in their family and but also to vote this election just because we can really be up against it soon. Like we can really be out here struggling and like, what can people do to make sure that they're prepared to vote? 
I got all their ducks in a row. Um, I I'm gonna have in the we are going to have in the description. You can look up your ballot in advance, and you can do research on the folks that will be on the ballot. It will vary from state to state depending on what else you might be voting on around that time. So that link will be in the description. Also, we are going to um, have in the description. I wrote. Uh, information on how to find your local officials and also information on how to get your absentee and your mail-in ballots. Again, postal service. We don't know what this motherfucker is doing with the, with, uh, fucking up. I'll tell you for sure. (laughs) Being a small business, he is getting tricky over here. So if you can, (laughs) if you are able body, if you are healthy, if you feel comfortable, I know my ass will be voting in person because I don't trust the the mail, but I, there's a lot of people that do. I'm just a little nervous with whatever stuff that this man, the occupant in the White House, is pulling. Um, so yeah, we're gonna have information. This is uh, gonna be, you know, we'll have more conversations we like this. Keep talking about it, yeah. Yeah, we, we have to continue to talk about it. About. We're gonna have more politics as usual. Wow. Um, next week. We are slated to have a much lighter episode. I won't. Hopefully, these guests come through, child, because they they're tricky. But it should be a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about dating, dating in 2020, dating in COVID. Shanti doesn't know anything about this because she's Buddha. Must be nice, but she still goes on dates with her man. And uh, once again, please support Love Lavender Shea. And from now until September 18th, you can receive free shipping. On your purchase. And in addition... What's her her website? Child, the website is going to be in the description. Why would you do that? (laughs) Oh, my God. Her website is lovelavendershade.com. She tried it. Oh, you pulled a me. She said, what's this? Also, if you have questions about this episode, if you um, just want to give us some feedback and be like, yo, we don't want to hear you talk about this shit. We want to hear about more money and dicks. Hit us no. up at 215-948-2780. That's 215-948-2780. Hit us up on our um on our party line, one I hundred hustlers. And please follow party Salah. Line. Salah. Party line. Tell everybody <laughs> party line. Yo, I oh called the party God. line like twice in my life and was like, never again. <laughs> that was in my black planet days though. But Salah, please call uh tell folks where they can follow you. Plug IG, plug your podcast, plug all the things, because folks need to know where you're at and what you're doing. Absolutely. Uh, thank you. Thank you again. Like I said, uplifting this conversation and uh, inviting me is a blessing. And to be able to just talk this shit and just hopefully do it in a way where it's super relatable to folks. So just thanks one time, one more time for that. Um, but it's uh, Salas Corner on all social media platforms. Um, you can find Salas Corner on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Um, you can also check out my website, salascorner.com. Um, where I have uh, some new written work that's coming out soon. Um, I might be partnering with a magazine very soon. Um, oh. More details on that by Light going flex. to the, uh, yeah, just a real, real small flex. Um, but I, I, I dabble in a little bit of uh, uh, writing every once in a while. So you'll see that uh, coming soon. Check out uh, salascorner.com on my website uh, for that. 
Um, thank you again, ladies. This thank was, you. This was really great. Thank you I for anchoring you. this, because child, it had just been us arguing, not hearing each other. I I will not shame anybody anymore, and I will make sure that I do not center. <laughs> What's the, the date? Record this. <laughs> Fuck you, yo. You think I shame you? Eleven thirty. You think I shame you? Wow! Listen, I don't care. I don't. I, I don't feel shamed by you, but <laughs> she I, said, I think you have. Strong you try opinions. it, but I don't give a fuck what I you don't think. Care. That's literally <laughs> what you just said to me. Copy. Great, y'all. Y'all should buy Love Lavender Shea. That's all I. I'm, I might. I might have to get some of that for my wife. No, it's yes. really dope. I'm not even bullshitting. Like Salah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be talking about it this much. Like I really do like it, and I highly recommend. Again, the um. The island dream, cause this little this little shimmer, and then not this one. What's this one? Maybe get it from. Oh, luscious to... lavender. It's good for bedtime. Luscious lavender. Cause it smells very lavendery, so you gotta like that. She likes that. Yeah, hook her up. She likes like, like trying new shit. She does my hair too. She does. Well, you could probably use yeah. it in your hair. Cause she oh, got really? another She's one so that doesn't cute have. Too. Um, I saw a picture of her. She's very cute. I know. I was stalking y'all on social media, too. Y'all are cute. (laughs) Thank you. Shout out to the family and your grown-ass kids. Yeah, a couple more years they can get out. That's good. They can just sit down and do their work. Look, I ain't make dinner tonight. I was like, I'm not making dinner tonight. Y'all can figure it out. I was like, damn, that felt good. I do that with JoJo. She's 10. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually neglect. That's actually. <laughs> like, mm, I haven't eaten since yesterday. What's it called? So. What's it? Um, DHS. 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 Here. I forget what they call it here. See, I'm not invested. I gotta go. I gotta find a new place. You gotta to come live. back to Philly. Never. It really sounds like you should come back to Philly. It does. It really like does it, especially this, when every... you were like, yeah, the murder rate is like 33 <laughs> percent, and schools are falling apart. The asbestos everywhere. We oh, and here. we're the poorest man. We're the poorest large city in the fucking country. Yeah, but you should come back to Philly. Shout out to Philly. We represent P H I L A. Period. Child, nah, I can't. I don't think I could do it. But um, yeah, it's the murder rate for me. It was the murder rate for me. <laughs> he had said that. And I was like, <laughs> y'all, if your murder rate is 33%, this is the sign you asked for. Dip out. We always got to no, give a sign. Don't tell people to leave Philly. Don't leave. tell people to leave Philly. <laughs> Overpriced that. We place. love Philly. Oh, right? Philly, buy your property, invest. Nah, nah, Don't nah. listen to her. I really do believe, though, the Philadelphians... I actually met three Philadelphians while I was on it. Never mind. I'm like, scratch that because I'm telling my business. But I really believe the Philadelphians need to, they all need to leave the city for a while and then come back and bring the tools. We're going to hang up. On that note, we're going to hang up. No, I'm dead ass. I said and come back and bring the tools that that they've gotten from wherever the fuck they went and invest it in back into the city. That's how I feel. I'm just not going to do it. Buy your property. But I feel that other people should. I'm not ready to do that yet. The problem is, is they 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 get all of that and then they don't come back. I know. I'm gonna do it, but just not now. I'm not ready now. But Philly's about to be popping. I don't know. Philly is always popping, but it was the murder rate for me. I was like, oh no, honey. <laughs> Philly's about to be popping. I can't do it. All right, y'all. New York was a hot mess. I live in Brooklyn, though, not the city. And with that. I think we're out. Are we out? We're out.
Bye. Brothers and sisters, and friends, and I see some enemies. You have just heard an around away curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Aroundaway Curls. We out early. In fact, I think we'd be fooling ourselves if we had an audience this large and didn't realize that there were some enemies present. This afternoon, we want to talk about the ballot or the bullet. The ballot or the bullet explains itself. The political philosophy of black nationalism only means that the black man should control the politics and the politicians in his own community. The, the, time, the time when white people can come in our community and get us to vote for them so that they can be our political leaders and tell us what to do and what not to do is long gone. By the same token, the time when that same white man, knowing that your eyes are too far open, can send another Negro into the community, get you and me to support him so he can use him to lead us astray, those days are long gone. The political philosophy of black nationalism only means that if you and I are going to live in a black community, and that's where we're going to live, because as soon as you move into one of their, as soon as you move out of the black community into their community, it's mixed for a period of time, but they're gone, and you're right there all by yourself. We must, we must understand the politics of our community, and we must know what politics is supposed to produce. We must know what part politics play in our lives. And until we become politically mature, we will always be misled, led astray, or deceived or maneuvered into uh, supporting someone politically who doesn't have the good of our community at heart. So the political philosophy of black nationalism only means that we will have to carry on a program, a political program of re-education to open our people's eyes, make us become more politically conscious, politically mature. And then we will, whenever we get ready to cast our ballot, that ballot will be, for, uh, will be cast for a man of the community who has the good of the community at heart. And the economic philosophy of black nationalism only means that we should own and operate and control the economy of our community. You would never find, you can't open up a black store in a white community. White man won't even patronize you. And he's not wrong. He's in, he got sense enough to look out for himself. And you, it's you who don't have sense enough to look out for yourself. The white man, the white man is too intelligent to let someone else come and gain control of the economy of his community. But you will let anybody come in and control the economy of your community. Control the housing, control the education, control the jobs, control the businesses uh, under the pretext that you want to integrate. No, you're out of your mind. 